Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. All right, everybody, let's go ahead and turn together today to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And uh, I want to talk about leaving a legacy today, an incredible legacy. It's a Jesus-loving, people-lifting legacy that we can all be part of together. And as we do, and as we turn to 2 Corinthians 6, I also want to say Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers and our dads out there. We have a few cool dad gifts for you today. So if you're able to make it to one of our live experiences, we've got a gift for you. Why? Because we value fathers, don't we? We speak well of our fathers. We cherish fathers. We encourage fathers. We cheer for fathers. We honor fathers. And I'm blessed to pastor a church where I'm surrounded by men and by dads and fathers who love the same Jesus that I love. Come on, Jesus, who doesn't just choose men who are perfect men or dads who are perfect dads or people who are even perfect people. If he did, we wouldn't be here. But God chooses people who are in process. He chooses people who know their flaws and their frailty, but they still get up every day. And I want to celebrate and I want to salute every dad and every man for getting up for fighting to, to provide for your family, fighting for your purity, fighting for your marriage, fighting for your kids, fighting for your church, fighting for your family. So let me say to all the dads out there, we need you, your family needs you, your church needs you, we love you, we honor you, and uh, we find ourselves in 2 Corinthians 6. Let's go ahead, let's read about the Jesus-loving, people-lifting legacy that we have together. All right, are you ready for some legacy talk today? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for a great day to be in the house of the Lord. We thank you for fathers. We thank you for all of our dads right now. We pray a special blessing on them, special anointing on them. Father, we, we pray that you would uh, continue to speak to them and through them to each and every one of our lives. And God, we pray that our hearts would be ready to receive what you have for us today. Legacy, Father, to, to honor you, to lift people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I, I've got a question for you this, this uh, Father's Day. It's simply this. Do you like camping? Do you like camping? You know, I feel like it's a polarizing topic. Some people love it. Other people can't imagine why anyone would ever want to do it. And when our boys were young, uh, they were what I like to call curious little explorers, right? They wanted to be outside. They wanted to be in the woods. They wanted to have a stick in their hand. They wanted to be in the wild. And I remember when they were about, Caden was probably about eight. That means Gavin was six, Owen was five. And um, it was time to take them on a dad camping trip, all right? I thought it'd be wise if we kept this in a controlled environment as much as possible. So I decided to take them camping in a big wooded area with some fields that was several hundred feet from our house. It was just behind our house, but it was a wooded area and there was some fields. And so very controlled environment. And it was 
Uh, I can tell you with confidence, it was a complete and fantastic disaster. It was a hot, sticky, humid summer night. There were mosquitoes everywhere and uh, I'm cooking hot dogs over a hot fire in this hot, humid environment. I'm wrestling to get the tent up. I'm trying to keep the troops on task and entertained. And here I am camping just several hundred feet from our house. That, keep in mind, this is the house I'm paying for. I'm paying to sleep in this house, but I'm, but I'm out 100, yard, or 100 feet from it sleeping outside. It's a house with running water, cable TV, a house with a full refrigerator, and you can see the house through the trees from our campsite. It's, it's a constant reminder during the night of all that we're missing in the house. And we can hear the whirling of our air conditioning units as it blows cold air through our empty house. And when I say it was a complete disaster, I'm serious. Earlier in the day, we we're hiking through the fields and we found deer bedding. You could tell by how all the grass was matted down that deer had been sleeping there. And we had a lot of deer in the neighborhood, a lot of deer that would come into our backyard. So here's this deer bedding and I thought it'd be great. Come on boys, let's, let's lay down in the grass like the deer and, and let's get their scent and let's track the deer. And so the boys are rolling around in this deer grass and it wasn't until later that night we're in our sleeping bags, we're in the hot, humid tent, the whirling of the AC we can hear in the distance. And one of the boys said, I feel like something's crawling on me. So I took the flashlight, I take a look and there's a tick. Then I see another tick and another one. And the boys are covered in ticks from head to toe, covered in ticks. And I pick them up and I'm running to the house. And for the next few hours until about 1 a.m. in the morning, Heather and I are removing hundreds of ticks from the boys, every nook and cranny that you can imagine. And so that adventurous camping night, they literally fell asleep on our bathroom floor while we were removing ticks from them. A rustic wild experience, check. Adventurous memory, check. You know, sometimes it's just hard to get it right as a dad. But as, as imperfect as it was, I look back on that trip and, and have great memories. And I guess if you're going to fail, you should fail at full speed. And I did. Uh, but as I look back on it, and, and there we were just a few hundred feet from home, laying in this hot tick infested tent, listening to the AC units, imagining comfortable furniture and a full refrigerator. And this is what a lot of people do with God. Listen to me. They station themselves in proximity to what God has provided. They station themselves next to it and near. They live close enough to see and to even hear about his love, about his grace, about his word, about his ways, about how in kindness he leads us to repentance, how he gives us a renewed mind, how he empowers us spiritually. And we lie on the outskirts hearing stories of his fatherly provision and protection and affection, all the while going without the comfort and peace that comes with the Father's voice in the Father's house. In the Father's house, you hear the Father's voice. And in the Father's voice, 
he opens a world to you. In 1 Corinthians 6, we just read it. He said, I will be a father to you. Now, many of us hear that offer and we really don't know what to make of it because either we didn't have a father or the father we had wasn't necessarily an example of something that we want God to be in our life. But God, the Bible says that he's a good father, that he's Abba father, that he's a near and dear father, that he's a gentle and compassionate father. And it says that we can be his sons and daughters. And that means there's inheritance. That means there's, there's the same name and authority given, a reputation lent to us and promises that we, that we can walk into. So this isn't a Father's Day only verse. 2 Corinthians 6 is a generational verse that gives us a generational voice. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a legacy that God will be our Father. We don't have to live outside the blessing of his voice. We don't have to live on the outskirts of his voice. The Bible talks about us knowing God's voice. John 10 says we can know his voice. We can hear his voice. We can know the Father's voice. When you make God's house your home, you put yourself in a place to hear God's voice. And you put yourself in a place to receive God's victory in your life. So I want to give you today, in the next few minutes, two things the Father's voice gives us. Two things the Father's voice. So if you're in God's house, if you're in the Father's house, you hear his voice. And when you hear his voice, there's two things. There's so many things, but two things today that we'll look at. The first one is the Father's voice gives courage. The Father's voice gives courage. And I want to look at Matthew 14, verse 27. I want to show this to you right now. And it says very simply, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Now, this is the voice of Jesus. We, we learn in John 10 that the voice of Jesus is the voice of the Father. And so as we, take, as we take courage, it is I, don't be afraid, Matthew 14. What it's telling us is the Father remedies our fear. The, the Father's voice displaces our fear. We can take courage. And notice the order of this verse. It commands us, first of all, it commands us to take courage. Take courage. And you might ask, well, how can I take courage? And in the verse, the next thing it reveals is how we take courage. It is I. See, when I'm aware God is with me, when I'm aware that God is near me, when I'm aware that God is for me, fear can no longer hold me. Right? Fear can no longer torment me. It can't move me, shake me, or intimidate me. The Father's voice gives me access to courage in his presence. His voice reminds me his presence is with me. Now, when his voice reminds me that his presence is with me, it, it means everything to me. It changes me. That's why Romans 8 says, what shall we then say to these things? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? See, that's why there's an absence of fear in the presence of the Lord. There's no pain beyond his compassion. We can take courage. There's no wound beyond his healing. We can take courage. There's no task beyond his enabling. We can take courage. Take courage. The God and Father of all creation is with you. Sometimes as a dad, you don't feel your efforts are noticed. Come on, any dads out there can relate to that. Heather will leave for a few hours and the kids will go and, and I'll, I'll go to work to impress them. And when they get home, uh, you know, I've washed the dishes, I've put away my clothes, you know, just basic functions that any human should do. But I want a little notoriety, I want a little recognition, I want some credit for, for cleaning up the house or, or, or 
putting some dishes away. And she gets home, Heather will get home, and I'm like, right? Like, look what I did. And she doesn't always notice. And our house is almost 100 years old. And our original door, this original door on the front, and if, if you've been on a Zoom call with me or with Heather, when someone opens this door or closes the door, you hear a creak. And it's, it's like a haunted house type of creak. It's got this long movie soundtrack kind of eerie creak. You hear the noise and you think for sure someone's about to get murdered in this house. You hear the noise in the background and Heather and I have been talking about it and commenting on it when we're, when we're on a Zoom call and people hear it in the background and they're like, what's that? You know, you guys what? No, it's just our front door. And about two weeks ago, Heather was gone and I said, I'm gonna fix it. So I fixed it along with three other creaking doors on our first level. So four creaking doors have been making noise, our pantry door, our front door, our garage door, and our bathroom door, and I've fixed all of them. You think anyone's noticed? No, not one of them. I haven't brought it up. I just wanted to see, will anybody notice? And, and nobody's noticed, and there, but, but, Sometimes you're not doing things for recognition because there's a thing in my house and as a father and as a husband, my responsibility was to silence the noise, to remove the distraction, eliminate the disturbance, the intrusion or the interference. And, and some of us have that nagging, distracting, disturbing sound of fear and it's creaking in our lives and God wants to open a door for us and there's a big creak of fear. And God wants to give an opportunity for us. And there's a big creak of fear. And there's a new job or a new season. And there's this big creak of fear. And many of us have learned to live with the noise of fear in the background. To live with the alarm. To live with the distress and the dismay and the worry and the dread and the anxiety and the angst and the unease and everything that comes with it. But the Father's voice calls you to a, an awareness of his presence. And you might not notice the absence of the noise because you're so enraptured in an awareness of his presence. Your Father values you and treasures you and is with you. And the Father's voice reminds you that he values you. He provides for you and he removes fear far from you. So number one, the Father's voice gives us courage, right? We can take courage. Number two, the Father's voice gives rest. I'm excited to talk about this. Some of us have been in a season of prolonged anxiety and we need some rest. Take rest. Matthew 11 says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And then he says this, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11 says, come to me. It's an invitation from the father, come to me. He says, come to me. He says, learn from me. This is the father's voice declaring, I'm available to you. What an incredible invitation. He's not too busy. He's not too stressed. He's not unavailable. He's not disapproving. He's Father, the Heavenly Father, the God of all creation, and He's inviting us. And look at the order. Again, He says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. He doesn't say, Offload your stuff and then come to me and we'll see. 
He doesn't say straighten out your life and then you can approach me. He says, bring it. Bring what you got. Bring what you're carrying. Bring what, what's attached to you, what's inside of you, what's all around you and harassing you. He says, bring it with you. Come with your burden, with the weight of weariness, with the, the weight of loneliness, with the weight of regret. He says, I want to give you rest from fear, from doubt, from pain, from regrets. You see, our rest in God has never been about earning our place. It's always been about taking our place. Well, we rest in God when we take the place God has invited us to. Come to me, he says. Come to me. The Father's voice is urging us and inviting us to come to himself. And, in his, and his gentle nature assures us that it's safe to come. He says, I'm gentle. The Father's voice wants to lead us to an ultimate place of soul rest. Much like the prodigal's father in Luke chapter 15. We read about a great father in Luke chapter 15. And he had, he had blessed his son and his son went off in rebellion and, and um, basically forfeited a lot of the fortune of the family and is, is contradicting and living a lifestyle that's contrary to everything that the father had, had lived for and shown his son. And how did he deal? How did this father deal with his son's rebellion and his mistakes and his wasting of the fortune and his ruining of the family's reputation? The father dealt with gentleness and compassion. Luke 15, verse 20 says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And it says, he ran to his son, he threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. Now, many of us would not expect that kind of reception from our natural earthly father uh, on the tail end of the greatest rebellion and the greatest mistakes and the greatest forfeiture of, of wealth and reputation that we had ever had. But this was the response of the prodigal's father. And, and God says he's gentle. There's a gentleness to God's voice. There's a compassion in his voice that invites us to find rest for our souls. He says, your yoke has been heavy. Your yoke has been hard. Your yoke has been hell on earth for you, carrying the burden of what you wanted to do but didn't do, and what you didn't want to do but you did do. But the voice of the Father comes to us anyway in the midst of it, urging us and encouraging us and strengthening us and positioning us from orphans to heirs, from adopted to anointed, from the rags of sin to the riches of his righteousness, from the deafening roar of failure to the grace of unmerited favor. That's the voice of the Father. That's the voice of the Father calling us closer. It's saying to you, you are loved. It's saying to you, you are forgiven. It's saying to you, you are victorious. You can take on courage and you can receive rest for your soul. And I want to pray for you right now as we close. And, I, and if you are in a position right now where you know you need the peace of God and you need the rest of God, and you need the courage of, that, that displaces the fear that you've, been, that you've been carrying with you. And it can only come from the voice of your Heavenly Father. It all begins by accepting the invitation of the Father, come to me. And I want to pray just a simple prayer. And as we pray this prayer together, it might be the first time you pray this prayer. You might be a dad or a father. You might be someone who's been invited just to come along with a family member. Or maybe you've been at Citizen Heights 
for years. And in your heart of hearts, you don't know the voice of the Father. You don't know if you're right with God. You don't know where you stand. I want you to pray this with me and repeat it after me boldly. Are you ready? Pray this prayer nice and loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I need your love in my life. I've made mistakes. I've tried to fix them myself, but things just get worse. So God, today I declare, I want to live for you. I want to receive your rest. I want to receive your peace. I need to receive your forgiveness. Take my life, my wins, my losses, my regrets, my shame. My life is yours. Make me the person that you want me to be. Now say this boldly. I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe he died. I believe he rose again on the third day. And I believe he has a plan and a purpose for me. I am a Christian. Forgiveness is God's gift to me. I receive it gladly. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's say amen. Let's rejoice with those who just prayed that prayer. Let's respond to his voice. And right now I want you to, let's respond to his voice and his presence and let's worship together and sing this song right now.